Hello and welcome to Her Ambitious Career, the success podcast for corporate women who want more from their lives and careers. Each week, we share career and leadership strategies to help you set stretching goals, own your value, build visibility and credibility, gain recognition, get paid and confidently take your career to that next level. Whatever your ambition, let's do this thing. Now, here's your host and career success expert, Rebecca Allen. Ladies, ladies, welcome on in. It is absolute pleasure to be here today. My name is Rebecca Allen and I'm a career success coach for corporate women who want more from their careers, who are not prepared to settle for less and who are ready to take action to achieve their outcomes. Now today I'm going to be talking to you about this concept of underachievement, which seems possibly a bit of a paradox considering that I'm a coach but I really want you to bear with me. Even that word underachievement might have some of you listening in right now, recoiling in horror. What are you talking about, Rebecca? What could you possibly mean by underachievement? Now, I have realized over the years, I've been doing this a very long time now, and I have seen consistencies, if you like, with regards to the clients that I work with. And I work with a lot of high achieving women in my coaching business. They're C-level execs, they're senior leaders, they're women managers, and they often have two things in common. Firstly, they're ambitious and they're striving for more from their careers. And secondly, they're willing to put in the work to get it. Now, of course, they get hurdles along the way. We all get hurdles thrown at us as we're trying to achieve certain outcomes in life. That's just life, right? And I think the key and the success with the clients who do really, really well are the ones who don't accept no for an answer, the ones who don't get pushed back at the first hurdle, the ones who don't take a victim position and say, I can't do anything about this. There is always an opportunity to push back. And I think it's really, really important that we do that and we become more vocal about pushing and asking for the outcomes that they want. Now, I have seen a common thread amongst my clients. And to be honest, I laugh out loud at this idea because I realize I share the same trait as well. It's this idea of overachievement. What does overachievement mean? It's really a desire, I suppose, a desire to deliver at a high standard consistently and often across multiple aspects of life and work at the same time. Does that resonate with you if you're listening and you're thinking, oh my God, that's so me, Rebecca. I'm 100% an overachiever. It's something I thrive on. It's something I love. And quite frankly, I don't know any different. So if you've ever actually listened to an earlier episode that I recorded, I recorded um, a really interesting episode, if I do say so myself, which was entitled, Are You an Insecure Overachiever? And it actually has had so many downloads, so many downloads. So it's obviously really resonating with my listeners. It's really resonating with you guys. I've had feedback from clients who've listened to it and just said, oh, Rebecca, that just nails it for me. That's exactly the position that I'm in. That's exactly how I see myself. And I know that this is a topic that we women need to become more consciously aware of, this idea of insecure overachieving. Basically, this idea that I have to consistently overachieve and even if I get good feedback, even if I achieve, I still don't feel good enough. I still feel like I need to drive for more outcomes. So listen, if that's resonating, you might also want to check out 
that episode, Are You an Insecure Overachiever? I'll make sure there's a link to it in the show notes so you can get a quick link and it's easy. Um, But do that because I think it's so important. But overachieving really is about two things, setting those high standards and consistently achieving high. And you can do that at sort of any cost, right? To yourself, to your well-being. And that might be, like I said earlier, how you've always done it. And maybe overachieving gets you great results, which is also why you adopt the approach potentially. But I want to throw something at you right now. Just because you can get great results operating in that high achieving, consistent, overachieving mindset, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the only way you can get great results. So I'm going to say that again because I just think it's so important that we acknowledge that and we become consciously aware of that, right? Part of the uh, greatest skill set, if you like, that a coach can bring you is helping you become consciously aware of what you're running unconsciously, i.e. give you some self-awareness about what's going on for you and how it is that you're running the patterns that you're running. Because once you have that clarity, if you like, then you have a choice whether or not you want to continue along that path or do something different. Just because you can get great results operating in that way, in that high achieving way, doesn't necessarily mean it's the only way you can get great results. There are other ways of doing it, right? But we have trained ourselves into thinking, look, Rebecca, this is how I do it. I get up really early. I work my butt off. I come home. I get great results. I wake up again, go through those revolving doors and do it all again. But there are costs to that, right? And I think the thing that's interesting is I find when we are challenged with the way that we do things and our patterns and our behaviors, we are concerned that if we don't do it the way that we know we can get a result, then the alternative must be failure. You know, you're assuming that doing it in any other way won't deliver, won't give you those outcomes. But I want you to challenge that thinking today. I want you to start thinking, well, maybe actually I could. Maybe actually I might be open to that. Maybe you've never tried doing it a different way before. And that's really what we're doing today and having that conversation. Now, before we get to talking about how you could potentially shift this pattern that you're in, I really want you to invite you first to think about the costs of high achievement. Are you getting lots of value from this conversation? I hope you are. I hope you're thinking, oh my goodness, that's exactly me. Or, oh my goodness, you know, this is setting off some alarm bells. I really do need to think about this stuff. If it's doing that, then I really, I'm really glad because it's um, doing its purpose. I'm doing my purpose. I'm doing a good job and I'm helping you become more consciously aware of some of these patterns. So let's talk about some of these costs. What are the costs to consistent high achieving, high achieving all the time? What else do I need to achieve? I'm going to share four costs to you. And I'm sure they're not the only costs that could potentially exist with this issue. But have a think about what it's costing you because there will always be a cost to it and uh, sort of a downside if you like. So first and foremost, the obvious one is it's completely exhausting. Burnout is probably one of the most talked about buzzwords out and about at the moment. It's just everywhere and for a good reason, right? And women are being Um, affected by burnout even more than our male counterparts. So operating at that quick fire pace, and it also heightens those hormones. Cortisol is the hormone I'm thinking of, the stress hormone. When we're working at that really, really high pace all the time, then it raises that level of cortisol, which can cause all sorts of different problems in the body. And, you know, it just means you're basically running on empty, you're running on an exhausted um, 
status. Secondly, overachieving is all-consuming. So how many walks or workouts or yoga practices or whatever else have you missed out because you were working, for example, and overachieving? How many times could you really have done instead with some downtime, some meditation perhaps, some time with family or friends, some low stress activity? High achievers are always on. That's something that I've noticed. It's as if their brains can't sleep and they just can't have downtime, which is obviously unsustainable. We need to have rest. We need to have breaks. So have a think about the fact that it is all consuming. Overachievement sort of just takes over. You know, I remember having a conversation once with my husband where I was talking about the day that I'd had and all the stuff that I'd achieved. And I was really proud of myself. But then I sat down in bed after, you know, the day and the dinner and everything. And then I got into bed and he said to me, what are you doing? I said, I'm writing a to-do list for tomorrow. He said, you've done so much today. Why don't you just turn off and have a break? And I thought that is absolutely crazy that I'm sitting here right now. It's 1030 at night and I'm still thinking about all this stuff that needs to happen. It's ludicrous. It is all consuming. So put your hands up if that's resonating with you. If that's also something you've done in the past. Yep, I hear you. So thirdly, overachieving is super frustrating. And the reason I'm saying frustrating is because I find a lot of the high achieving women that I work with in my business also have this expectation that other people around them share this same value of high achievement, only to find out that, of course, a lot of them don't. And that can be really frustrating because you're expecting people to deliver to the same high standard and work to the same pace and deliver the same high outcomes. But it's just not something that they're desperately interested in. And so you might label them as a slacker, for example. You might say they're not pulling their weight, they're not doing their thing. But actually your expectation is so phenomenally high that they're never going to actually meet that expectation anyway. Now that might be the first time you've ever thought about that as overachieving being a value and a value that maybe you share that maybe other people don't share in the same way. They may still be delivering to a very good standard, but maybe not to that high, 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 high end standard that you're expecting all the time. Have a think about that. Have a think about how your own value and your own attitude and behavior is helping you or hindering you when it comes to managing your team. And then the last thing that I was going to say about overachieving is it's just never ending right? Because as soon as you finish one project to that high standard, obviously, then you've wired yourself to immediately be looking for the next project to succeed at. You're never satisfied with the result. It's always about the doing and the creating and the making something happen. So you're always looking for the next exciting project to get your teeth stuck into, which means it's never ending. You never get that break. So today I am going to share with you a simple but super profound tool that I learned along my journey. I have done so much work on myself in personal development sense. And I find that this tool is really, really eye-opening. And I've used this myself. So this is something that I absolutely can um, give you some personal feedback on on how I've used it. But it's this gift of underachievement. And again, you might be recoiling in, in horror at the idea of underachievement. But just bear with me because I know even the word can send you into a spin, but there is so much value that you can take out of this concept. I can't stress that enough. It's so useful to think of this concept. 
remember my duty, if you like, as a coach, my intention is always to support you in achieving your outcomes. And to be honest, this chat might be just what you need right now to start challenging your own patterns. Maybe some of the time, I'm not expecting you to do this all of the time, you know, going from all or nothing is just too difficult. But I want you to start seeing how you can potentially get those phenomenal results you always deliver, but without the same levels of pressure. Wouldn't that be a nice thing? Wouldn't that be amazing? So let's get to it. Are you with me? Are you pumped? Are you excited to listen on into what I'm going to be sharing today? I'm super excited because like I say, I've used these strategies myself and they work. They are really useful. It's super simple. Okay. But it is definitely worth the investment of time. So underachievement, what is that all about? What does that mean? So say for example, for argument's sake, just for today, you set yourself a low goal. So something really straightforward, something that you could easily achieve. And you decide that once I've achieved that small, small thing, I will know today has been an incredible day, not just a good day or an all right day, an incredible day. So this is a combination of underachievement, purposely setting yourself an intention that is to underachieve. Just just do something small, one little small thing today. So go ahead, achieve the small thing, whatever that small thing is. And then at the end of the day, you check in with yourself and you see how you're feeling. See what's different. See how you're feeling having achieved an actual intention you set and managed to achieve because it wasn't so highfalutin and terrifying. It was actually something quite small. You'll also possibly notice that the guilt of having not achieved anything else is actually suddenly an irrelevance. You know how you get that guilt around looking at your to-do list and you're like, oh my God, I've still got so many things on my to-do list I need to achieve. And I've only done six things off that list today. And we had this awful kind of low in terms of our esteem, in terms of not being good enough, in terms of not achieving, because we are setting ourselves up to fail from the outset. So we get all that guilt and shame also because shame comes when we are not happy with our behavior. So the shame is even stronger and even worse. And it just keeps us down in that place of not feeling good enough. So let's break that pattern with low achievement. Let's look at something small that you could achieve today. And I guarantee that that concept of shame, that concept of guilt will not be there at the end of the day. It will actually be replaced with something like joy elation, feeling like you're winning. And the thing that's really interesting is somebody said to me along the way, you can never be disappointed when you don't have any expectations. And that really rang true with me because I think the thing is when you're a high achiever is that you're constantly setting yourself these extraordinarily high um, levels of success to achieve. But look, what if you had no self-expectations at all? And today is just going to be a great day because you're going to do nothing. Or today is a great day because you're just going to take your kids to the swings after school. Or today is a great day because you've just had that single conversation that's been on your mind for months. Think of one small thing that you could do in that day that will make today an incredible day. And now I can hear you thinking. I can hear you already through my microphone. I can hear you thinking, but how will I get anything done, Rebecca? This is what you're thinking, right? Because you've got that to-do list, the length of your arm. You're going to say that to me. My to-do list, Rebecca, is the length of my arm. 
yes, the dreaded mile-long to-do lists. We can talk about that on another episode. I'm a big believer in getting rid of to-do lists, to be honest. But let's talk about that another time. I'm not suggesting you replace your old pattern of high achievement completely with this idea of underachievement. I'd love to invite you to give it a try just for a day and see what happens. It could even be a weekend to start with if that's even easier. Baby, baby steps. See what happens. When I tried this technique myself, I honest to God had incredible results. For example, one day I chose a task that had to be nailed in the morning and a task that had to be nailed in the afternoon. That was it. Two tasks in the whole day. Um, I remember one of them is actually a phone call. So it wasn't even me sitting at my desk and doing something, say, on my laptop. It was actually a phone call I had to make. And then rather than trying to get everything on my list done, I just set the intention that I was going to do that one task in the morning. I think I had three hours to do it. And one task in the afternoon, I had two hours to do that one. And then at the end of the day, I looked at myself and I was super proud. I forgot all the other things that were on the list and I just focused with real intention on each single task I wanted to achieve. And absolutely, it's true. Instead of feeling inadequate and overwhelmed still at the end of the day, still looking at all those things that needed to be done, instead of doing that, I was actually elated. I felt great about myself. It was so, so refreshing. And I would just urge you to just give it a go. Try it out. See what happens. And remember to do those few things. You set yourself a low goal. You don't overwhelm yourself with the other stuff. You sort of forget about that. So you just have this intention of that one, one thing. When you've achieved it, it's been an awesome, incredible, inspiring day, successful day, not just an okay day, a really amazing, incredible day. And just see how you feel. I'd be super interested to know. Let me know. Get in touch. I would love to hear from you. I always do. So I hope you have thoroughly enjoyed today's conversation about overachievement and underachievement. It's a really interesting concept to look at things differently through a different lens and just see how you can potentially do things differently, but still get those amazing results. Now, if you are ready, if you're excited about talking with somebody like me about your career and also your mindset, because the reason our business is called Illuminate Personal Growth is because nothing can happen without your own personal growth. It's always the foundation upon which everything else is built, which is why I have so many issues with just late, you know, layering, layering more and more leadership training and skills on, on people in corporate environments when they don't feel confident perhaps to be leaders in the first place. That is a mindset challenge and that needs to be addressed first. You can't do the second one without the first one. So Personal growth is so much part of our journey, self-reflection, building on ourselves, understanding our strengths, knowing where we're um, most resourceful so that we can give our best to it, not just ourselves, but also to the world. And as I'm often saying, the world genuinely needs you. So if you are playing it small and holding yourself back, then you're doing yourself, but also everybody else, a massive disservice. We need you. We need to see you. We need to hear your thoughts. We need to hear, need to hear your expertise. We need you. And if you're interested in talking with me about your career, the first step actually is to download one of our free resources. It's called The Seven Habits of Female Execs Who Get Promoted. It gets downloaded so many times a week that I just keep talking about it on the podcast because it's obviously resonating with a lot of women out there. 
And it will give you that jump start, if you like, those strategies, that starting point to start taking your career to the next level and really putting yourself out there. And you can get this amazing resource by just going to rebeccasfreegift.com and it will come straight to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. I absolutely love coming to see you every week and I will see you really, really soon. Have a great few days ahead.